0: Why do you want to fight? This is The Fight Game with Demond Cotton. Hello, hello, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Fight Game on 12:30 The Game. I am your host, DeMont Cotton, and I say it each and every week, but there is so much to talk about in the world of combat sports: the PFL is gonna be in vegas this weekend at the virgin hotel great venue i recommend it tickets are still available go out there and get those pfl one also the granddaddy of them all i know that it's what you came here to talk about today you all want to know about wrestlemania my thoughts on wrestlemania I'm so excited for WrestleMania. WrestleMania goes to Hollywood. There's just not enough hours in a day because I've got the Vipers on Saturday. If I was not on the call for the Vipers game, I would be on the first thing smoking to L.A. to try to get there for WrestleMania nights one and two. And then Sunday, I'm flying out to Tennessee because I'm taking a well-needed vacation. But man, so excited to talk about WrestleMania. So many storylines and so many things to get into. But let me tell you about the guests that we have coming up on the show today. WrestleMania is coming up this weekend, but it's also opening day in baseball. And last week I was able to talk to Alex Stapleton, the director of Reggie, a great documentary on Prime Video about the iconic baseball player reggie jackson and baseball is very near and dear to my heart so we are gonna play that conversation on today's show and then we're gonna steamroll ahead with nothing but wrestling talk from there so around 12 10 i'm gonna play that conversation that i had with alex this past friday and then around 12 25 we're gonna be joined by jonathan zaslow from zaslow show 2.0 as we are gonna talk about WrestleMania, that is the guest that I wanna break down WrestleMania with. We're gonna have a lot of fun with Zazlow. But before we talk about it with Zazlow, let me tell you some of the things that I'm most excited about when it comes to WrestleMania. We know Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, all of the great matches on the card. But for me, these storylines, what's the Hall of Fame going to be like? What what are we going to be leaving WrestleMania talking about? This entire week has been nothing but a great buildup. Take you back to last Friday, though. MGM Grand Garden Arena SmackDown. One of the better shows that I've been to live. I love a good live show. You're there for the TV. You got your dark match after. I took my mother to SmackDown with me. Had a blast. In WWE, they do spectacle like no other. The biggest pop of the night while we're there for SmackDown has to be Dominic Mysterio popping Ray. Excuse me, Ray Mysterio popping Dominic in the face. The crowd was ballistic. It's one of those moments where if you were to watch it on TV, you'd be like, oh yeah, that, that was a good pop. Rey hit Dominic. We've all been waiting for this in that storyline. But being in the crowd, being there in person, feeling it, where you feel that buildup of, shut up mom that we get from dominic and it was just it wasn't the perfect way to get this feud because myself i would have liked to have seen them hold off until the last moment i know a lot of people share that same sentiment with hey maybe if they hold off for me it could have been even at the hall of fame where dominic reigns getting introduced and dominic goes off just one more time but yes smackdown at the mgm and I was sitting next to my friend Ryan McKenna. Shout out to Ryan McKenna. I know he's going to be out there enjoying WrestleMania. His first WrestleMania. The, biz, the best part of the night. Not Rey Mysterio hitting Dominic. Cody Rhodes coming out. When that adrenaline in my soul hits. When you hear Kingdom live. WWE. I've been at, I've been at a live AEW show when Cody's had Kingdom as his entrance. Didn't hit the same. It hits different in WWE. I leaned over to Ryan McKenna. I said, is this how people felt about Hogan in the 80s? Yes, I'm taking it that far. I'm not saying that Cody Rhodes is the GOAT, but for right now, in today's time, I don't think I've ever been at a WWE show with a more over babyface. Cody Rhodes, there's nothing that he can't do. He's got the crowd in the palm of his hand where he is telling this story, his roads to WrestleMania, the the grandson of a plumber, the son of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. How can you not expect this to be Cody's story? I mean, I cannot wait to talk to Zaslow about this because this story, it's incredible. Cody Rhodes, the work that he's put in, it's been incredible. That journey that we've seen from AEW, First, the Indies, starting AEW, and now back to WWE. After the end of the show, Cody closed out the show at MGM Grand Garden Arena on Friday after SmackDown. And he gave a speech to the crowd about how much that arena meant to him. And then I was thinking, why why is MGM so special to Cody? But that was the site of the first AEW pay-per-view. Double or nothing. The first pay-per-view as a company... Cody was there, and it's also, hey, special to me as well. I was on that show, and I remember Cody giving the speech to the entire locker room, saying that, hey, we're all here for a reason. I really knew he wasn't talking to me because I was just there for extra work. Still got on the show, though, but it was still a special moment, and to see that moment from, what's that now, three years ago, double or nothing, the first AEW pay-per-view, to almost three years later, Cody Rhodes back on top in WWE, and he's going to be taking on Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania. The one who's finally going to bring down the bloodline as we're all looking to see, can he do it? The story is set up so perfectly. The promos, the back and forth, where it's it's been magical. It's a magical run. I know some people, hey, Sami Zayn should have taken the title off of him at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. It No, it wasn't the time. I love the storyline that Sami and KO have going on with the Usos. The entire bloodline needs the ball. And for me to see Cody Rhodes and the journey that he's taken to get to this point, it's been magical. Now we're going to turn our attention to baseball a little bit because I said Alex Stapleton joined me last week as we talked about her documentary Reggie. And when you talk about players that are iconic, not players that are bigger than the game, but the mystique, the lore of the sport, You've got to talk about Reggie Jackson, where this is a guy, an icon in baseball. And with it being opening day, what better time to talk about baseball? I'm excited for the season. Baseball, it always gets me. Opening day, I'm excited. Who's starting? Aaron Judge has already hit a home run. I'm all in. And then that last week or two, no, three parts of the baseball season that get me. Opening week. We got opening day-to-day, so I'm excited about baseball. Around the All-Star break, I still like the MLB All-Star game. Try to check it out every year. And then that last week of the season when everybody's fighting for that playoff push and then the playoffs, that's when baseball has my attention the most. So for right now, I'm all in on baseball. So it was fun to get to talk to Alex about Reggie and some of his struggle, when you do these big documentaries, I mentioned to her, I watched last year, Say Hey Willie Mays, that documentary, or these legends of the game, where they feel comfortable, they want to sit down and tell their story. And I know that with the baseball players of yesteryear, where people forget, and it's very present, were the struggles that they went through, not just on the field, you know, to make it to be a good player, but the racism. And then how much do you want to show of that in a documentary, where you only have about an hour of time, and you can check out Reggie on Prime Video, Amazon Prime. But it's one of those situations where someone is such a legend of the game, such a legend of the sport, that how can you encapsulate the entire story in about an hour? It's got to be impossible. So it was fun to talk to Alex about that because it's Reggie Jackson. He's a legend. He's still working with the Astros to this day, still putting in work in Major League Baseball because he feels so much for the sport. So without further ado, Let's get into that conversation I had with Alex Stapleton. Let's get it on! I'm pleased to introduce my next guest to talk about Reggie, a documentary that is premiering today, March 24th, on Prime Video. Alex Stapleton, thank you so much for joining me here on the show today. I've got to ask, when it comes to these legends of the game, I saw it earlier, that, earlier last year with the Say Hey Willie Mays documentary. With a legend like Reggie Jackson, how was he able to allow you to tell his story?
1: Um, uh, well, I, I think it was uh, a bit unexpected. Um, I had worked with, um, the producers of the film on another, uh, sports project, uh, called, uh, the playbook, uh, on Netflix. And, um, obviously, you know, I've also done shut up and dribble. So they knew that I was I'm a big sports fan. Of course I knew who Reggie Jackson was, um, and was like, Oh my God, sign me up. How do I get in the room with him to pitch myself to direct this? And I got the meeting and, um, it was uh, one of the most intimidating meetings <laughs> of my life uh, because Reggie uh, still, you know, he's Reggie, um, and uh, he. Uh, but we had a great conversation, and I think we were both really interested in not just kind of telling um, a, a very, you know, kind of traditional, like, cradle-to-now story, but we really wanted to dig into a lot of what Reggie was up to, you know, present day, and to kind of let a lot of the history, you know, fall in place, from from there and so I think that kind of vision and and, um,
0: understanding is what probably brought us together and then uh, yeah we, we, we took off from there. When it comes to the past I know you want I know you talked about more present day with the doc but the past with Reggie back in Oakland what were some of the bigger points that he had to get adjusted to from going from the south to Oakland what were some of those adjustments like for him in his career? Oh, man. Um, well, I think it was an adjustment just going to the South uh,
1: to start with because, you know, he's from Pennsylvania. And while he definitely had, you know, uh, very uh, traumatic moments, you know, dealing with race, uh, being a young black kid in, in Pennsylvania, he grew up in a white neighborhood. And so he definitely, there were there were things that happened. Um, he, hadn't, he was not prepared to go down South. And um, you know, his father played for the Negro Leagues and I think tried to, kind of coach him and guide him of, like, you can't do this. You know, you might do this at home, but you cannot do this, you know, uh, being down there. And I think it was um, a harrowing, like, crazy, you know, really, uh, just a, a really tough experience. Um, I filmed a conversation and went back down to Birmingham, Alabama with him, Joe Rudy, and Raleigh Fingers. We, we filmed at uh, Rickfield uh, Ballpark, and, um, and you know, they kind of, they were taken aback to, to that that time and we're sharing stories about being so tight as players and like really being friends and, you know, start this new friendship budding before they even get to the Oakland A's. But, you know, having to deal with things like Reggie not being able to eat with them, you know, uh, Reggie not being able to stay in the same hotels. Uh, Reggie, you know, at one point, uh, Joe Rudy, Reggie was sleeping on his couch and uh, a lot of the, uh, uh, the clan basically came and they threatened to burn the apartment building down if he didn't get out. So uh, if Reggie didn't get out, so, you know, that's a lot of, pre- you're already just trying to be a great ball player, right? And then you have this other crazy layer of just social uh, upheaval that you're dealing with and navigating at the same time. And so um, I think that that was a really pivotal point in his, in his in the making of who he is, um, you know, and, and by the time he got to California, I think he was a little bit more relieved um, and, and just just a little bit more <laughs> relieved to not be down south anymore but then was confronted with you know a whole nother like level of uh of uh you know social social injustice and 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 issues that popped up there
0: Well, wow, just the first answer alone i'm already sold if you're not ready to watch this documentary just off the first answer i don't know what's wrong with you again we're talking to alex stapleton as she is the director of reggie that you can check out on Prime Video. Something that I also want to ask you about, when he went to the Yankees, being the highest paid player in baseball, we see that nowadays with the parallels with athletes where people you directed shut up and dribble words, these athletes, they make so much money. So how did he get used to that in the early 70s? As we see it still today with the problem of the overpaid athlete, which is just an, it's an, it's just, it's an insane conception where, why do you care about how much money a player makes? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a really
1: interesting question because it was a big part of, of Shut Up and Dribble. And uh, it was really interesting to see, you know, in baseball, you know, one time Reggie was the highest played uh, base, uh, athlete in baseball uh, when he came to New York. And um, that was, people didn't like that. You know, uh, I, America wasn't ready for a, uh, a black man who spoke his mind, you know, was very vocal um, about everything. Um, making that type of paycheck. Um, and so it was fascinating to go back and dig into the archival to just see how journalists um, would treat him and, and talk to him. And so it's kind of like no run, no wonder when you're being confronted, you know, because, you know, he came to New York. He had, he was coming from a dynasty in Oakland. He was a great player. He was a phenomenal player. And he was coming to, a you know, one of the greatest teams uh, in baseball. And he was bringing the goods. And to just constantly be... Um, challenged and you know nitpicked for like well you know do you, do you think you're worth the, the the all that money you know just questions like that it has to get underneath your skin you know um and uh it, it's no wonder that you know sometimes in interviews he um you know he might present as you know someone who's being cocky but it's really just like get off my back you know like i i, I deserve this and um so I think it's it's really interesting that we kind of still see that uh, you know playing out uh, in today's America too.
0: When it comes to these documentaries, where it's such a legend of the game, what's something that was on the cutting room floor that you wish you could have squeezed into the doc?
1: Oh goodness gracious! There's so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would need a whole hour uh, <laughs> to go over <laughs> all that. But I think um, I think that I I wanted to tell more about his career after, you know, leaving the, the Yankees. Um, we get into, we kind of skip into um, his, his, uh, his desire to get into ownership. Um, and, you know, Reggie tried to buy a team twice and was the highest bidder and was denied both times. And that is that's something we talk about in the film, but I, I really wanted to kind of open that up, you know, even more because I think that's a very relevant, you know, topic today is diversity with ownership. Um, Reggie also does a ton of stuff in, in the present day with uh, STEM uh, programs. He has his own, you know, foundation, and we didn't really get to pack that in there. But, you know, I hope people understand that Reggie's story is still being written. And this is just like a Cliff Notes version to get you, you know, caught up to speed. But I hope that people are still clocking him and, like, and understanding that this is this is a great American to watch. And, and he's contributed so much not only to baseball, but, uh, you know, to our country.
0: I see that he's still with the Astros to this day. How much is he involved with the Astros day to day, and how much is he still involved with baseball as a whole?
1: Very much. He's with the team right now, Uh, you know, uh, down in Florida. Um, He's deeply embedded. He travels with the team, Uh, he's he's there. Um, I think this is going on, this is going to start, you know, this season will be his third season with the the Astros. Um, He loves the organization, he loves the players, he loves Jim Crane um, uh, the owner of the team, they have a really good relationship. Uh, and I think, you know, Reggie's just excited to, you know, that he's embedded with a team that really believes, you know, also with, with diversity. And that's not just, you know, the numbers, um, uh, when we look at players, but that's, you know, diversity in the, in the front office and, you know, with managers, coaches, like the whole ecosystem of baseball really, uh, needs a, a lot of, uh, just a big, giant injection of, of diversity, and, and Reggie is with the team, and I, I think that he's really excited that that they're they on the cutting edge and you know at the, at the forefront of, of making that a priority.
0: All right, I've got to ask you this. Is the Reggie bar making an official comeback? Uh, you didn't hear <laughs> this from me, but I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to find that and get my hands on that. Alex Stapleton, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Before I let you go, let everybody know where they can watch the doc.
1: Um, you can stream it uh, exclusively on Amazon Prime, and it's out today.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Welcome back to The Fight Game with Damon Cotton.
0: And welcome back to The Fight Game here on 1230 The Game. Nothing but illustrious guests. And my next guest, we are going to preview WrestleMania 39, the biggest show of them all. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Jonathan Zaslow from Zaslow Show 2.0. Thank you for joining me here on the Fight Game WrestleMania. I've just we've got to start. They've just released the official card. What's going to be night one? What's going to be night two? Any surprises there that you've seen so far? You're like, man, that's on night one, or or that's on night two? No, I
2: think I think the the main takeaway is all right. We we knew that the main event for night two was Cody and Roman, but we still don't know what officially is the main event for night one i mean it seems like it's going to be charlotte and ria although just man like if ko and Sami Zayn are going to win the tag belts, which i think they are i don't need a lock but I, I think they are how does that not close night one so i i, I don't there's, no, there's nothing real interesting about which matches are night one and which are night two for me For me, I'm still interested in what is going to close night one because if Rhea wins the title from Charlotte, which I think is going to happen, I mean, they obviously want Rhea to be this massive heel, and if that's the case, they don't want the night to end with the crowd cheering for this massive heel, but you do want to send everybody home happy as the lasting image. Well, if KO and Sammy win the titles, that's a major moment with everyone happy and would be a really cool lasting image at the end of night one heading into bloodline stuff night number two. So I'm most interested in what the main event night one's going to be.
0: All right, so something I want to ask you, I think they made it official that it's going to be the first match on the card, at least for night one. John Cena, Austin Theory. John Cena is one for me. He's the GOAT, but Austin Theory, you know, he's John Cena 2.0, some might call him. So what do you think about this matchup and how it's been built up so far?
2: Great way to start the weekend. You know, John Cena, I imagine, will be introduced first. You know, the champion comes out second. So John Cena's going to come out first, and that crowd's going to go crazy. And it's funny because, you know, Cena, we know the last however many years, you got the Cena sucks chance and all of that. Well, no, no, the crowd does not love you more than when you're gone. And so now with (laughs) Cena back, That crowd's going to go crazy for him. You know, you're not going to get any Cena sucks. So, great way to start the weekend. Great match to start the night. I fully expect Austin Theory to win, all right? But I I think the match is going to be fantastic. I think it's a great way to start the
0: weekend. Do you think you, you can't see John Cena having a U.S. championship run? (laughs) <laughs> no because I mean the whole thing with the US title and, and I feel like Cena kind of
2: started this but the whole thing with the US title like that, that that's a that's a title that's on the show every single week mm-hmm. you know and 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 Cena's not going to be able to commit to being on the show every single week and on top of it you know that that's a big time feather in the cap of Austin Theory who they're clearly very high on so for him to beat like like Cena beating Austin Theory, I don't think it does anything. You know, Austin Theory beating Cena, that's something he could talk about for years and years and years. I beat John Cena at WrestleMania. So I I, I think Theory's a lot to win that match.
0: All right, the next fight, I want, next match I want to talk about Seth freaking Rollins, Logan Paul. Logan Paul, he's doing this right in time for his birthday. That's why this has got to be Saturday on night one. What have you thought about the Logan Paul? Because for me, the buckshot lariat, it's his now. It's his move. That's how good he does it. But with Seth freaking Rollins, where this matchup is built, the one lucky punch, but what do you expect to see in ring? Okay, you know how I know that this match is going to be awesome? Because.
2: Every single match Logan Paul is ever in is awesome. I mean, I I can't believe... For me, it used to be like, all right, celebrity matches at WrestleMania or, or whatever WWE show, it, it's a scale of one to Bad Bunny, right? Uh, one being not good and Bad Bunny being the absolute best. And it, it's, it's not one to Logan Paul. Uh, he is unbelievable. And if he... If he were to commit full time, you're talking about a dude who can totally be champion, and I just I can't even both of them. I mean Jake Paul too. I know he just I know he just lost his last match, but between the two of them to pick up combat sports so quickly and be legitimately good, uh, Logan Paul is amazing, man. And I love that they've totally that they have leaned into him as a heel because they clearly tried to make him babyface, especially the first time when he tagged with Miz, and then Miz gave him skull-crushing finale. Okay, so they're going to make it that Logan Paul is a babyface, but the crowd isn't having it. They hate his guts, and Seth Rollins, the crowd, loves. So you're going to have a heavy Seth Rollins crowd. They hate Logan Paul, and they pivoted. They're like, you know what? The crowd hates him. Let's lean into him being a heel, and let's do it. So this match is going to be great because everything Logan Paul seems to do is great. This is the one match on the card where I, r- I truly believe can go either way. I
0: lean toward Rollins, but I think this match can go either way. It can go either way because, for me, these are two guys. When you're looking at it, the real-life stakes of it, if you wanted to look at that, take out the storylines. these are two guys that both need to win. Where these are two guys that they keep losing the big matches. Logan when he had the match with Roman, Seth Rollins. I feel like he can keep taking L's because the character game is so strong and the fans get behind him. But I need Seth Rollins to win a big match again as well. But I want to talk to you about the next one on the next fight I want to get to. Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, here in Las Vegas last week at the MGM Grand. We finally got the pop of the night when Rey Mysterio hit Dominic after he told his mom to shut up. I wanted him to go a little bit further, but I talked to some of my Hispanic coworkers and they were like, no, that was enough. That was telling your mom to shut up. No, that, that, that my dad would have beat me on the spot too. Cause I was like, that's it. That's all it took for him to finally hit him was just telling his mom to shut up. But I'm glad we got to it. What have you thought about this one? And what do you expect? Yeah, he's... He, I mean, Dom is lucky that, uh, you know, Mrs. Mysterio
2: didn't throw, launch a chancreta at him, <laughs> all right? Uh, you know, you, you talk to the Latino household, they're going to tell you that was enough. Uh, I'm with you, though, where after it happened... I, okay, so so the whole lead-up to it, I've been asking for, for weeks now, can they possibly wait until WrestleMania without Ray punching him? Because that moment... In the ring, when he finally punches him in front of, uh, you know, 100,000 people, however many it is there, it's just going to be electric. Is it possible they can wait? And I guess the answer was no, they didn't feel they could wait. It had to be part of the build, and that's fine. I'm kind of with you, though, where after it happened, I was like, it was great. It was really good. It was well done. I was kind of hoping it would have been something a little bit more where could, could Dom have put his hands? on his mother. And I don't mean in it didn't have to be in, in, in a way where he's assaulting her, but maybe he grabs her shoulders really aggressively aggressively or grabs her arms really aggressively and then, you know, the husband comes over and punches the kid out. So that was my only that would have been my only complaint and it sounds like you're probably thinking along the same lines, but I mean, Prison Dom is an all-time character. Like, I I can't believe how interesting we all now find this story. I liked it from the get-go. I know a lot of people hate Dom. He's got that X-Pac heat, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I love Prison Dom so much, and it's one of those deals where sometimes you just got to let the character and the story breathe a little bit, and let's see where it goes. And I feel like most people, after the Bloodline stuff, and we knew this match was coming. We've known, I think it was SummerSlam last year, maybe where Dom, you know, uh, uh, betrayed Ray and Edge, uh, you know, it was like six months ago. We knew where we were headed here for WrestleMania. And still, even knowing where we were going, I would say after the Bloodline story, the, the next most anticipated story is, is Ray in prison, Dom. I love it so much.
0: Yo, well, Prison Dom, what makes it so funny is that how absurd the character is. We all know, but have you enjoyed the dot-com stuff? Because I thought it was gonna be a Hall of Fame exclusive. If they ask me, hey Damon, what's your opinion? How how do we get this match to WrestleMania? I thought it was gonna be Ray going into the Hall of Fame, and then maybe Dom tries to embarrass him in front of the whole world at the Hall of Fame, and then you know, maybe some incidental contact with the mom there. And then we get it, but I was—I just expected this to keep giving me the .dot com stuff, bringing your girl over at Thanksgiving and just embarrassing the whole family. That's been the best part of this story to me. Where Dominic Mysterio is an all-star, like he's elevated the Judgment Day. Him and Rhea Ripley, the Judgment Day. I think that they've got to finish WrestleMania on top, all three across the board. I hope it's—I uh, mean, I hope it's something
2: that goes on for years, where we get the online exclusive of <laughs> Dom and Rhea and they just, like, they're constantly causing trouble on the holidays. We know every holiday we're going to get a video of prison Dom and Rhea showing up and, and causing trouble at the mysterial household. I hope it never ends. I think it was totally organic, too, because, like, I, I, I don't believe that they had this prison Dom character. You know, I, I don't think it was, I, I don't think it's what they were going for. I think it was completely organic. I think it was the moment that they, that Dominic was, was getting, he was thrown into the back seat and he yells, you know, call, call Priest, call, call Finn, uh, Mommy, I, I won't make it in jail. And I think it was that line. I think it was Mommy, I won't make it in jail that got so much reaction, and I think they, they probably realized, you know what, let's, let's lean into this year, let's see where it goes, and, and, and Dominic has been amazing. So I, I love the character so
0: much. Before we close out night one, I've got to ask Becky Lynch. Lita and Tristratus versus Damage Control. Becky cut that promo on Damage Control on Monday, and it was like, whoo, she's coming with that fire. But it's all true. So how do you see this playing out? Because I do think that Damage Control, Bailey, Eel, Sky, Dakota Kai, they need this win to stay strong as a faction. But Becky's got the legends on her side. Yeah, I
2: really hope Damage Control wins. I think Damage Control is going to win. I uh, Look, it may not be a popular opinion, but... You know, I don't, love, I don't love Becky and Lita as the tag team champions. I mean, I think they're clearly a placeholder, and eventually we're going to get those belts on Ronda and Shayna. Uh, I don't know when, but it seems like it's, you know, a WrestleMania type of thing. Let's put a belt on Lita. Let's put her in a high-profile spot. We'll get, some attract, we'll get some eyes mainstream and that kind of deal. But those belts are eventually going to be captured by, by Ronda and Shayna. I don't love Lita having the belt because, like I said, it's probably not a popular opinion, but I see Lita out there. Uh, she didn't look great to me. Uh, she looks really slow, and, and and I don't find it very believable that you know the, the best the, the tag team champions. One of them is is obviously an all time great in Lita, but when's the last match she had before winning the tag team title? So that that kind of stuff. I know we're supposed to suspend disbelief. I get it, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think I think Damage Control wins here uh, because. Lita and Trish are going to come out looking golden no matter what. They're working with Becky Lynch. It's like, it, she's going to make sure they look great. And on the other side, it's about time, like you heard Becky there saying, Damage Control has literally done nothing since they debuted at SummerSlam. It's about time they do something big, and I think it's going to happen at WrestleMania.
0: Again, we're talking to Jonathan Zaslow. You can follow him on Twitter at Zaslow Show, the host of Zaslow Show 2.0 Monday through Fridays, part of the Blue Wire Pod Network. All right, so let's move on to night two. We know what the main event is, but let's work our way up. Hold on. Excuse me. We didn't talk about the biggest match on night one. Usos, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I know we touched on it a little bit but this build this story who do you see winning because the bloodline has to collapse I'm not saying I'm going to be mad if the Usos win but if they win it's going to be come on guys how much longer can they rule over the tag team division Yeah it, I mean if they're ever if they were ever going to
2: lose it and they they are going to lose it one day like it you know it has to be this scenario I I don't know what other scenario they could possibly like you see the other Tag team contenders. You got guys like Braun and Ricochet and Alpha Academy and Viking Raiders. Uh, You you know, uh, even Street Profits, who are fantastic. But if if their reign was ever going to end, it has to end here. It's this story. There's got to be a big payoff between KO and Sammy. That's a major WrestleMania moment. It's why. It's why I, I don't get how that is not going to main, now we don't know for sure, but I, I don't get how that's not going to main event night number one. Like, that's such a lasting moment and a great way to close the night. KO and Sammy winning, which I think they will, and then you got the fireworks and, and just all of it leading into, all right, you know, can Roman save the bloodline on night number two? Like, that just feels like the perfect way to end the first night. Um, I know there's some talk out there, maybe, maybe there's still a swerve to be had, I, I don't see it. Uh I think Sammy is, is all is all in on taking down the bloodline. I think Sammy and K.O. end that
0: run. So you talk about swers, but what have you thought about this story? Obviously people in Montreal put the title on Sammy, the moment's hot, but I didn't think so because I didn't think that this is Cody's this is Cody's turn to finish the story. I do th- think that Sammy's had a magical run this past year, starting back from last year's WrestleMania when he wrestled Johnny Knoxville. But Sammy, did you think they made the right decision on getting to where we are now in the story, or maybe that little bit of could Jay eventually be the one that turns on the Bloodline next?
2: Look, Sammy's great. You can't go into WrestleMania, Sammy Zayn as your main as your champion, taking on Cody Rhodes. That cannot be the main event, you know. And if Roman Reigns is going to lose the title, it needs to happen at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns can't lose the title, the pay-per-view, before WrestleMania. It's, just, it, it, it's not logical. Exactly. It has to happen at WrestleMania, all right? Now, as far as Jay Uso goes, this is why I, I don't think Cody is a lock to win the title, all right? Uh, I'm going to be rooting for Roman for two reasons. Number one, I want the whole bloodline stuff to continue. I mean, Roman could be the champion for the rest of my life, and I'd be okay with it. And number two, I think the story has to end with coming full circle the way it started, this whole bloodline angle. It all started with Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. And I think the several years later now, I think eventually it has to end. It could be SummerSlam. I think it has to end with Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. So I'm hoping that Roman retains. Obviously, the smart money is going to be on Cody. Uh, I, I don't think Cody's a lock to win, though.
0: Well, let's get to the rest of the card. you I mean, just did a fantastic job of breaking down the main event, but some of the stuff on night two that we haven't even talked about, Brock Lesnar, Omos. Now, I know for some people, oh, Brock didn't want to have the Bray match. He didn't want to have the Gunther match. Brock Lesnar, he's on his way out the door. But you give me, as Big E said, two big meaty men bumping meat, and I'm going to be happy no matter what. Are you excited for Brock Lesnar versus Omos? Yeah, I'm
2: always down for a good Hoss fight, and, you know, I know a lot of people were down on this when the match was made. I, I always come from the place of can, can, we, can we let it play out, all right? Can we see where they're going? So I'm always willing to give it a chance. And I'm very much looking forward to this match because Brock is magic, all right? I, I'll, I'll never understand when people give their Mount Rushmore of pro wrestlers how... Now, now, you know, if you don't want to put Brock Lesnar on the Mount Rushmore, that's fine. But the fact that nobody ever mentions... Brock Lesnar as one of the all-time greats will never make sense to me. He is magic when he is out there. And when he is invested, uh, nobody sells better than Brock Lesnar. He's incredible. So I think Brock Lesnar and Omos is going to be really good. It won't be long, but I think it's going to be really good because after all this time, I trust Brock Lesnar's resume. I trust his history of being magic when he's out there. So I'm very into this match. Going into it, clearly the idea is, all right, is Brock Lesnar going to be able to take him to Suplex City? Is he going to be able to F5 him? So it's, it's an attraction type of match, and I'm, I'm really into it. I, I, I do believe Omos is going to win. Uh, I, I think it's going to shock a lot of people, but I, I think this
0: is Omos' moment. It's got to be Omos' moment, but for me, winning if Brock Lesnar hits that F5 on Omos, that'll be my Hogan body slamming Andre moment. Because yeah, I, be great. <laughs> I cannot wait for that. Edge, Finn Balor, hell in a cell. This is going to be the payoff that we've been waiting for almost a year. The Judgment Day, it's come full circle. Finn Balor kicking Edge out of Judgment Day. Hell in a cell, what have you thought about the culmination of this? Because I think we're going to see Brood Edge versus Finn Balor, the demon. Well, I really
2: dig that they're getting rid of hell in a cell, the pay-per-view. And they're bringing it back for special attractions that are meaningful, like, okay, these guys hate each other, and let's do it at WrestleMania. This is the big blow-off. Let's do Hell in a Cell. And I think it made a lot of sense where Triple H made the point of, you know, it, it, it doesn't make any sense to have a, a, a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view where, okay, just because you guys are feuding right now, the next pay-per-view is Hell in a Cell, so you have to be in the cell. That doesn't make a lot of sense. It should be safe for special attractions. And so this is the perfect, this is the perfect opportunity uh, I also hope that they're bringing back the old school look for the Hell in a Cell, the the one that looks like uh, you know looks like Steve, the one that's uh, the gray fence rather than the red that they've been using for the past several years. I hope that they go back to the original look of Hell in a Cell. My only, uh, I think Finn wins this match. My only my only beef with it is, like you mentioned, that there could be brood Edge. Okay, there's an there's an aura of, of mystery there. And I think we're all hoping that we're going to get Brood Edge. I wish we had that aura of mystery for Finn and the demon. We know that he's going to be the demon. They've completely given it away. So it's going to be fun. But I wish we had that mystery surrounding Finn the way that we have the mystery surrounding Edge.
0: Yeah, for me, the entrances alone, I know that that's going to be the best part. And You speak of the mystery, but I think we already knew when Edge in his promo, Edge, the one who gave the bigger hand away, when he said, bring your demon. I think once he said that in the promo, we knew it was going to be coming, right? Yeah, and and we've also
2: seen, they've shown graphics where Finn has been doing promos and they've like flashed to the demon character a couple of times. Like, he's clearly going to be the demon. Uh, I guess just, you know, the mystery is, is, you know, can Gangrel show up? Like, that'd be amazing if Gangrel showed up and walked Edge down to the ring. So that, that could be really cool.
0: You know what? That would be the biggest pop of the night for me. If they it'd could get so Gangrel cool. back on WWE TV in 2023, yeah, that's the pop of the night. And now, Yeah, it would be amazing. And G- Gangrel's
2: a regular wrestler down here still, actually. He wrestles, uh, he's a trainer for a uh, local promotion down here,
0: CCW. So Buddy's still out there doing it. Yeah, I mean, he trained... My good friend, Jay Vidal, I know you interviewed him, so yeah. Gangrel, nothing but respect. Also, a good friend of one of my trainers, Sam Bodie. Gunther, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus. I mean, this is going to be a hoss match. For me, I'm, I kind of want to see Sheamus get the victory here. I don't know why I'm Team Sheamus when it comes to this triple threat, but what's your prediction for it? I love Gunther my probably my all-time
2: favorite NXT match and it was NXT UK was was Gunther winning the championship and ending Pete Dunne's reign. Uh, I I find every match that Gunther is in, uh, every big match that he's in is a five-star match and that includes Sheamus which I think was Clash at the Castle a few months ago, just I mean a match of the year candidate, incredible match. So th- this is this is going to be a uh, you know one of those uh, one of those fights that, that can totally steal the Knights I can make a case for all three guys. I can make a case for Gunther keeping the belt and keeping the reign going. I can make a case for Sheamus, where he finally completes that Grand Slam, and he gets that huge WrestleMania moment. I could also make a case for McIntyre, where, okay, Gunther, because he lost the belt, is now going to move on to bigger and better things, i.e., you know, Cody Rhodes' World Championship, and you keep a program going with McIntyre and Sheamus, and Sheamus is angry that McIntyre took his moment He knows how much that Intercontinental title means to him. So I can make a case for all three guys here. I think Gunther's going to retain. I think the least likely outcome is McIntyre, but I totally think Sheamus can win it.
0: Again, we're talking to Zaslow here on The Fight Game. Got to ask you about that Raw Women's Championship match. Bianca Belair, who is going to stop her? I love that she's acquired the nickname of Jane Cena on the Internet because she is looking unbeatable, but Asuka this turn that we've seen to more of her character in Japan. What, what do you think about this? Because for me, I don't know who's going to take that title of Bianca Belair. I love what they're doing with Asuka.
2: You know, I, 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 she's one of the best in the world. She's been one of the best in the world for a long time. But, man, uh, did I grow tired of, of the silliness and the dancing. And, like, let's get back to NXT Asuka, you know, where she was just a total badass and was undefeated. And that's what they're doing now. You know, they're, they're, back, to, they're back to that older version of Asuka. And uh, I, I, I don't think she beats Bianca. I think that, I think Bianca's in a weird place right now where she doesn't feel like she has a whole lot of momentum. And I think the way that you get that momentum back is by beating Asuka. I, I, think, I think it does a whole lot for Bianca if she winds up beating Asuka here at WrestleMania. Now, she's been a part of major, major moments at WrestleMania a couple years ago where she main evented night one with Sasha Banks, and she won the title there. Uh, I think that Bianca needs a, a little bit of a, uh, not a, not a, not a push, but I, I think she could use a little bit of a kickstart. Maybe a second wind is what I'm looking for, and I think beating Asuka uh, gets her that second wind.
0: All right, Zaslow, last WrestleMania question I got for you. What's your biggest prediction for the night? Is there a big swerve or a surprise return that you would like to see happen that maybe nobody's thinking about? Well, uh, I don't know that
2: it's a, I mean, it could result in a swerve. And at worst, I think we'll get it the Raw after Mania. But I'm hoping over the weekend we, got, we get Randy Orton back. Uh, I, I think at worst, it's Monday. It'd be cool if it happened at WrestleMania. Does that mean Riddle comes back with him? Uh, but I, I, I think we're going to get Randy Orton back this weekend. I think that'll be a really big moment. So I'm, I'm keeping my
0: fingers crossed for that. All right, I'm coming out to Miami for UFC 287 next week. If the Canes win the national championship, will they still be partying next Saturday?
2: Oh boy, uh, man, we are, uh, we're so, we're so close. We're a game away in the final four from, uh, from the entire country hating South Florida. If we get a UM versus FAU national championship game. It's pretty wild, man. Uh, in the Zaslow Mansion family room, you know, I got the multiple TVs going on. We're going to have WrestleMania night one. We're going to have the Canes final four. this you know? If we're doing a big night or not a big night, a very big night here in the Zaslow Mansion. I'm super excited for the Canes as well. And, I mean, we've never experienced it before down here. Like, they're a legit program now, the Canes basketball. And I don't even know how we're going to react down here. Like I said, we've never been in this, in this spot that the canes are in the final four so just the idea that they're a game away from playing for the national championship it's
0: wild i believe you 100 enjoy wrestlemania inside the zaslow mansion and thank you so much for joining me on the fight game thanks for having me i appreciate it and when we come back we're going to close out the show don't go anywhere this is the fight game on 12 30 the game
2: welcome back to the fight game
0: And welcome back to The Fight Game here on 1230 The Game. As we wrap up today's show, I know we just talked about WrestleMania in great detail with Jonathan Zaslow from Zaslow Show 2.0, but I still want to talk about the week that is. There's Wale Mania tonight that people are going to be going to. So many incredible events, also indie wrestling that you can go check out. Or I see some of my friends, they're booked on shows in L.A. That's the best part about WrestleMania week. And yes, it is a full week when you think about the Super Bowl coming to a town. I did the Super Bowl this year, was there for an entire week, took over the entire city of Phoenix. But I do think that it's going to be a little bit different in L.A. for the rest of this week as people are just going to be out there. Nothing but wrestling. Nothing but wrestling. Show after show after show. So if you are going and you're listening, I encourage you to check out everything that you can because WrestleMania is taking over the city. I cannot wait till it comes to Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. I will be there. So, so bummed out that I'm not able to go. But so many friends there covering the events. You know, shout out to everyone that's out there working hard, achieving those goals, working a WrestleMania week. Just Check out all the indie wrestling, go to all the shows, shout out to everyone involved. And before we go, we do have to talk about the PFL, baby, the Professional Fighters League. It is back, PFL 1. That's going to be this Saturday, April 1st, but also the week after that and the week after that. Three weeks of the PFL being in Vegas. Cannot wait to check that out. Bubba Jenkins was on the show. Cannot wait to see him in action. So for me, Saturday is going to be a busy day. The XFL during the day and then going to check out the PFL at night. And next Saturday, we are going to, I'm going to be live from Miami. Not doing the show, but I am going to be in Miami next Saturday. The plan is, as of right now, we are going to have an episode of the fight game On 1230, the game, your regularly scheduled program will be on the air from 12 to 1. That is the tentative plan as of right now. And we are going to give you a full preview of UFC 287 because Israel Adesanya, Alex Padilla, the rematch, the boogeyman of Israel Adesanya. He is now the champ, Alex Padilla. And who is going to win this fight? Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal. That could be a number 1 contender in the Welterweight division. So I'm already getting excited about next week's show right now. But man, oh man, can I not wait for UFC 287. And that's going to but that's going to do it for our show today. That's all I got for you. WrestleMania 39. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. The bloodline has been the best thing in wrestling for over two years now, it feels like. So for that run that those guys have had, it's been incredible. And I expect us to come back and talk to you next week about Cody Rhodes being the WWE undisputed universal champion of the world. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, the undisputed tag team champions of the world. But without a doubt, this is going to be one of the best WrestleManias of all time. I cannot wait to watch it. Two nights, this Saturday and Sunday. Check that out on Peacock. This has been The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Stay safe and protect yourself at all times, everybody.